Hi, and welcome to the Timothy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Welch, and I'm here with my co-host, who is holding in his laughter, Chad Hunsberger. Dude. Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. The wow. T- I was going to tell them why the Timothy Project exists. And you've Go distracted. ahead. Timothy Project exists to equip and encourage current and future pastors, missionaries, and ministry leaders. And we are thrilled to be with you today. Right, Chad? Absolutely. See, I know you were excited. It's just joy to sit here and talk about these things. I have a confession to make. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready yes. for this? So, so I've been thinking about the fall, you know, and we've had like at least a day now, maybe two of cold weather. Oh, so it's like, awesome. oh, this is so fall. This the is greatest. we're we're finally there, and and I'm seeing signs and banners and things go up for fall festivals yeah. and harvest festivals and I don't know what other names would come sure. up with all these great great events there everywhere. Trunk or treats, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So all those are going up everywhere, and I cannot help but think back to my childhood. This is your confession? Yeah, this okay. is my confession. So so here's the thing. So I grew up, I did go to a Southern Baptist church growing up. I was actually saved at this church, um, baptized, like, you know, good things. But when it came to Halloween mm. at my church, this would have been late 70s, early 80s. Right. Um, yeah, so, so I may or I may born. not have been to... <laughs> I knew you were going to throw something in about that. So, yeah, so I was young enough that I I was not a part of the leadership of this. Sure. But my church, we actually had a haunted house at our church. Wow. (laughs) For reals. Not like a scare you out of hell? No, no, judgment house. Not a judgment house. No, no, no. You had a haunted house. No, we had an actual haunted house. So my pastor. Wow. guess, Guess what part my pastor played? The scary ghost no, who chased you with a no, chainsaw? No, he was Dracula. <laughs> so we would come around the table, like you go into this little classroom, nice. and he would be laying I. in a coffin. E. a Sunday school classroom. Exactly, the Sunday school classroom. We'd walk through, and he was laying on a table in the middle in a coffin. And as we were walking through, he'd raise up and say something. I, re- I remember say, distinctly. I want to suck your blood? I really have no idea because I think it really freaked me weird. out a bit. But I remember him. There was yeah, also a like, room where we would go in and touch, like you put your hand in the things to touch like goofy, weird stuff, you know, and try to figure dude, out what it is. And we would go in and like one of them was supposedly brains. I wish right now that everybody could see my facial expression <laughs> of astonishment. This is not a real thing. Yeah, it is. I promise you. I Nobody promise you. I have witnesses. Like we can ask my family, other Y'all, like this is absolutely true. This is true. Bizarro. I know, right? And that's where even my kids, my kids are like, that didn't happen. You're kidding. And we're like, no, it really <laughs> happened. This totally happened. So I can remember, we even have pictures, photographic evidence of this, uh, where we were standing <laughs> outside waiting in line to go into this haunted house in our church. Uh, okay. Yeah. There are so many questions that this podcast does not <laughs> have time for. But I'm telling you, mm. this is wacko. <laughs> I am surprised that I've never told you this before. Yeah. But that's why I was like, this is my confession, because it could get me is fired, there, I suppose. Here's a question this is the kind of that thing. I have. Mm-hmm. It, does that testimony transition us to whatever today's topic is? <laughs> yeah, actually, there is a topic. This is my question. I feel like... <laughs> It's going to be a hard right turn. Do you think? About to do you think? No, 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 no. It's not that hard of a turn because here's the question. Okay. We're talking about today's topic is about reaching our community. Got it. And I have no doubt this church that I was a part of so many years ago, yeah. somebody had this idea that they could reach their community by having a haunted house at Halloween and bringing yeah. in kids and that kind of stuff. And so, 
Yeah. I'm guessing from your reaction, that's not what your church did to no. reach people at no. Halloween? What it, no. Were y'all the more the Judgment House type or the yeah, Fall Festival sure. type? What'd y'all do? Yeah, there's both. Um, the, the main church that I grew, those kind of growing up years, uh, there was some seasons of Fall Festival, like, in fact, one year we had a hot air balloon you could ride. Mm. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was pretty exciting. That is um, dangerous. And then one year we had, yeah, we did Judgment House one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we, we did lots them both. of different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was certainly season to reach the community. Oh yeah. Well, and that's why I don't know. Like, like I said, my my brain goes weird places. Maybe when I, I start to think about this kind of stuff, but it's fall, uh, and we're thinking about. Uh, our fall festival, sure. We our church has done a fall festival. I've been here almost 20 years. We've done a fall festival all of those years. They were doing it before I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe most churches started a fall festival uh, or trunk or treat or whatever you want to call it as a reaction. Um, I remember as a kid, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a season where we were scared to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, there was an anti-trick-or-treating season. Well, because people were putting drugs in their candy and yeah. razor blades or whatever. Like, that's what I was told as a kid. I was also, like, oh, there's going to be a razor blade I in there. You've got to check it out. I think that didn't actually happen. I don't know. But parents just didn't want to deal with the candy. <laughs> it may be possible. That's going to be my, my thing. I don't know. It's possible. Well, and so churches did. They they created this alternative. Maybe it wasn't a razor blade that made them yeah. do it, but churches created this alternative to trick-or-treating. Yeah, it's like, sure, okay, sure. give me something else to do. Um. And so just in thinking through that process and the idea of reaching our community, I do think ultimately most churches, the desire is somehow we mm-hmm. plan to do things that will be attractive to our community yeah. or that will help us to reach our community uh, or, or those kinds of things. And so um, I wanted to talk about that a yeah, little bit, sure. like like not just not just fall festival, fall festival but, but overall, but because of this time frame, it's sure, obviously sure. a good time to talk about that. But what what are your thoughts on on how far can 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 you how, can your church have a fall festival and dress up like a ghost? No to Dracula. No to as Dracula. The pastor, I will not be Dracula. <laughs> okay, so okay. you're saying no. I'll call my staff. Our, yeah, our, tell our, them. Our, be our, disappointed. My staff. I'll call our people yeah. on our staff wow. and tell them. I'll tell our people. This is quite the podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Though? Episode. Yeah. I'll okay. tell them. Yeah. So. In a maybe helpful way, okay? Yes, yes. There's a a couple of things that I think I have shifted in some of my mindset in the last 15 years. I would have said for a long time, the number one reason to have uh, an event where a 1,000 people show up on your property Hmm. or 500 people, depending on your community, 250, whatever. It's like you do a fall festival for what reason? To get people there so you could share the gospel with those people at that moment. Very evangelistic fervency in that. I think I would change my philosophy a little bit on that in that I am for, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. I am very for evangelistic efforts in those places and at those times. I think what is the the reason to have events like that is to love the community. So to show uh, support, care, encouragement, uh, to provide the alternative, however you're wanting to see that, but to provide something for the community that uh, is is purely you loving them, right? So 
it could be that there is a trickle effect of that, that they feel loved and then they think, okay, this church is a safe place to bring my kids for the next event at VBS. And then this place is a safe place for me to come when I'm in need. Then this place is a safe place to come when I am thinking we should probably go to church somewhere. This Somebody invited me to church here. So there's, there's kind of like the community awareness part of, of an event. Whereas if your purpose is to rate the successfulness of this event by how many people show up the Sunday after your event, then you, pro- one, are probably going to be very disappointed. True. Two, uh, then, then your entire, all of your conversations aren't about getting to know the people in your community. Mm-hmm. They're about, will you come here? Yeah. Can I tell the can I there's there you remove the relational aspect yeah. and they'll see through that they do and so they don't come true and so if however the whole point is get to know your community love your community see how you can support them and care for them in more ways than just that one then then okay I can get really excited about that and so I will say again that was a change for me uh, a fall festival in particular I. Nobody could tell me the point of it. I was at a church and nobody could tell me why we did it or right. it just always happened. And so we stopped doing it for a little while. And when we brought it back, we brought it back to be very evangelistic. That was the point. Mm-hmm. And now I would say the point is that's not the primary purpose. Again, I think evangelism at that event is awesome. It's it's something I'm very thankful for. And I and think to be clear we do. We do it, yes. and I think it's productive. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're planting a lot of seeds. Some of those are are harvested, so to speak. Right. People are coming to know Christ, and so it is a significant part of what we're doing. I'm not downplaying yeah. that. But of the thousand people that come, that not all of them hear a gospel presentation. Right. N- certainly not all of those come to Christ. And if I'm rating it on the success of that purely on whether or not people come to Christ, then I'm probably going to be disappointed. But if I'm rating it on, people know that Colonial Heights is a church that cares for their kids and wants to love on them and encourage them and smile and get to know them so that it gives us an opportunity to meet other needs that they have. I am very for that. So what that means for me is beyond Fall Festival, uh, what it means for Colonial Heights is there's things we do that have no plan of trying to get them to Colonial Heights as church members, church goers, attenders at all. We, for example, we one of the ways that I think we are loving our community is our local elementary school that is down the street, Ann Smith Elementary, is a couple blocks away and it's a public school. And they need some help with the amount of tutors that they were needing. Kids were needing tutors. Well, we have 10, 12, 17, whatever our number is, volunteers that tutor there every week. And so they're not, they're not, those, those people may never darken the door of Colonial Heights, but that's not why we do that. We don't, those people are not even necessarily given the opportunity to walk through the plan of salvation. They're teaching them math and spelling and reading. And so, but what it does is it establishes that followers of Christ 
care about the people in their community. Yeah. And again, that, that is healthy for all of the mm-hmm. churches, not, not even just Colonial Heights. It's kingdom work in that sense. So when I think about reaching our community, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about if you removed Colonial Heights and the churched people mm-hmm. from, this, from Ridgeland, would Ridgeland be sad? Yeah. And, and so we want them to, ha- we want to be doing enough significant work in our community that Ridgeland would be disappointed that the people were removed, taken well, out. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, I think that changes it from, okay, I've got to reach these people right here. Like, uh, there's a difference. Uh, there, there is the necessity of evangelistic work. And I think the primary work of that happens through relationships of the individuals yes. in the church. They build relationships and they share the gospel in their classroom, with their coworkers, in the at the ball field, their neighbors. That should be happening. The church, I think, is responsible to establish some avenues for relationships to be built that the church can kind of uh, display Christ-like love to those who are in need. And so... A need really might be a fall festival. A need might be tutoring. A need might be a really good weekday preschool program. Uh, The need might be uh, a food pantry. The need might be a shelter. Like there's there's a variety of things that in your community, your church might need to be meeting. But I think that's that's the intent. Look around your community. What are needs? Now try to meet those needs. Yeah. Is is and not. Uh, what's my payback? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. What we're getting out of yeah. it. Yeah. So, so if, it's not always looking for our right. benefit. But I think that's yeah. the hardest part for us as pastors mm-hmm. is we are right ROI return on investment. Mm-hmm. We're when we're looking at things, we're saying what's our ROI on this? Uh, what can we get from? I, I, man, anything I say, I feel like I'm going to be calling out some other church. So I don't mean it this way, right. but but. What can we get when we have the when we serve cookies to the fire department? We're not trying to get anything from the fire. Like it's unsuccessful if no firemen come to Colonial Arts. No, that doesn't make it unsuccessful at all. If we have a, it means that hey, we brought cookies to the fire department and we showed them that we're thankful for the fire department. That that was the point. So the return on investment is very different. Then, if you are trying to, you you stop doing it if no firemen come. That's right. I guess we should stop feeding them. Yeah. I guess we should stop caring for the police officers or the mm-hmm. whomever, the school teachers at Ann Smith that we do the teacher appreciation or the whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like if you, if your goal is attendance, then, man, one, you're probably going to be disappointed, mm-hmm. and two, uh, it, it's not. It's not genuine love, right? right. It's lo- like the love you have for your, your kids mm-hmm. is okay. There's times they do not reciprocate. That's right, <laughs> right? Often, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, think about them as like infants. They mm-hmm. they can't. All they can do is cry back at you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like okay, that's fine. You don't love them less. And so similarly, mm-hmm. I think you look to the community and say, man, we love this. We love where God's placed us. So how do we serve them well? How yeah. do we care for them well? And we're certainly not preaching a social gospel, no, suggesting no, no, that no. by any stretch, 
taking cookies to someone or tutoring someone is preaching the gospel. That is that's not, not that. Yeah, that's not Absolutely. what we're saying. Absolutely, good point. But good it point. is a good precursor to sharing the gospel. Yes. And I really think that today in this post-Christian world that they tell us we're living in as we're watching that, I do think there may have been a season, and, and I'm sure there's research out there on these kind of things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a season where... Maybe there was uh, a little bit more of an understanding of where we're coming from as Christians, who Christians are. Yep. You had more of an inroad to be able to make a very simple, uh, you know, gesture or to uh, make even a very clear explanation of the gospel in one sitting and you could lead someone to Christ based yeah. on yeah, 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 they yeah. were hearing it from lots of other sure, places sure. and those things. Where it does seem like today, they're certainly not hearing it from as many places. They're not as comfortable or familiar with the gospel. And so for an introductory event, like you're talking about in our fall festival, you know, it's it's yep. very unlikely, they tell us statistically, that someone's going to walk in there and for the first time walk over here the gospel in a five or ten minute presentation and give their life to Christ right, right. based on that because... For them, there there's not a lot. Now that doesn't mean that we don't share the presentation. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that we don't do the That's the right. work of sharing the gospel. It just means that we know that sometimes you've got to prime the pump a little bit yep. by showing that we actually do care. And unfortunately, we as Christians, this is maybe this is my soapbox, but I don't know that we as Christians have really done a great job of showing the world that we actually care about yep. them. Yep. We're too busy arguing with them. Uh, we're, we're too busy telling them all the things that they're doing are wrong or lamenting yep. how they're destroying our world, whatever it is. And we're not being loving and kind yeah. and doing that. So I do think right now, a part of our apologetic is that we're having to show we actually care about yeah. these yeah. Uh, small children. Do they pass math or not? We care mm-hmm. whether or not they're, you know, uh, if they have food to eat when they get home, mm-hmm. we care about. So we're doing backpacks, we're doing food, yep. we're sending whatever. We've done lots of different things I, in the past. I think it's important what you said earlier, too, about we are not promoting social gospel. Mm. That is a, th- a thought process. Absolutely. And we are not promoting that that is gospel sharing. Right. We believe, here's what we believe, that because of what Christ has done for us, the way that he sacrificially died for our sin, because he has changed us in our new nature, we are now... Uh, living differently. So we're caring for our community differently because we have been changed by the gospel. Absolutely. So the gospel changes the, my desire mm-hmm. to serve a, as a tutor. The gospel changes my desire to have a fall festival. Mm-hmm. The, the gospel changes my desire to meet these needs for preschool parents. Because aside from the gospel, why would I care? That's right. So yeah. you might think, oh, it's because I care about, I'm a, I'm a good citizen yeah. or whatever. But even my understanding of citizenship is based on my understanding of the gospel. Absolutely. And so um, I would say that that becomes really important for us as we think through, mm-hmm. um, like, why do these things, right? Right, yeah. Because um, the gospel really should affect everything yeah, that we absolutely. do. Yeah, absolutely. Every the, part of it. There's a... Um, a good book that I have read portions of. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that clearly. Um, Rosaria Butterfield, uh, the gospel with a house key comes with a house key. And she writes in there about uh, bringing people into her home, Mm -hmm. even into the mess of her home as she kind of describes it as a mom and kind of raising kids and, and those kind of things intentionally saying, Hey, like we care for you neighbors. Mm hmm. Regardless of where you're at, we care for you. And setting that as the 
as the table, so to speak, um, instead of setting the table with all the things we disagree on. Right. Uh, and so. all the things that you you are not and that I am not. And so um, and so I, I think it's helpful to consider when we're thinking about our community, mm-hmm. it is helpful to consider how are we those are there's these two different pieces. There's the individual responsibility that takes place as the mm-hmm. church members acting uh, evangelistically and serving, and then the church's responsibility to set up avenues That's for right. some of those relationships to be established or for service to be provided. Yeah. So so what I mean by that is, sure, you can go uh, be a tutor without your church lining that up, and I think that would be great. You probably aren't as likely to be able to establish a fall festival on your own in a parking lot somewhere. That's so right. That's a little harder to pull off. That's right. So you could, and that would be fine. But the intent there is is particularly different, right? So we are trying to connect them to the the church as a safe place. So you're you're trying to provide that. So it's like let the let the church um, kind of budgetary constraints look for those kind of opportunities to avenues for church members to fit in, and then church members. I would tell you, uh, it is healthy for you to think on the more individual base of how you can meet needs, how you can care for your neighbor well, how you can uh, serve in individual ways that the church isn't designed. The church isn't supposed to kind of have that house key. That's right. We don't have a house key like that. Not all of us. So each member can open their house. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I would say that's a a little different. Um, But 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 we're not saying don't share the gospel at fall festival. We're not saying right. don't man that we're in a tutoring situation. Absolutely. If you have an opportunity, that is share, not point them what, to Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. We are saying do that. And we are saying, uh, look for those opportunities as they come, yeah. but maybe understand that your standard or your expectation for an event or a, um, a ministry of that kind might not need to be that people come back to your location yeah. to worship the next week or any week, that your kingdom work is thinking, okay, uh, my task is is to water some seed. That's right. Um, and that's my task right now. And if they never come back to Colonial Heights, then that's okay because that wasn't the goal anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm not discouraged. when That's are, right. Because right, not because I lowered the bar. I just changed the bar. Mm-hmm. All together. Well, and we, we talked about Gen Z on here uh, yep. a couple of weeks ago, and I, I do believe there's a phony or radar that, that people possess now because they're so used to oh, seeing yeah. people being fake. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can do more harm than good if they see through us that our whole end goal is that we want them to be here and do this. Now, I get it. That is our end goal. Our end goal is for them to know Jesus That's like right. we know Jesus That's and right. to find salvation. But if we're trying to manipulate them into being in our church or if they see that attendance is more important to us than their soul, those That's are the right. kind of things. I, I think we just need to be very careful with that. But I hear you saying also is that... Um, uh, but there might be some standards in how we do this and how we decide what we do. So maybe the haunted house is not a good idea That's for a church. Right. Is that what you're saying? I am saying. Okay, I kind of picked I, up on that early on in our conversation. Yeah, I thought it might circle back. I would also be opposed to Judgment House, okay. which, again, pers- no. uh, people might get up in arms about yeah, that. Yeah, there could be. Those That's might fine. Be fighting I'm opposed too. to them because... Uh, 
they have a tendency to do more scaring than they do uh, like clarity of the gospel. I think it gets muddied up. And I think in that's there. why we don't see as many. We of don't them see them as many more. No. Um, I, but I would be, and and I am for uh, all so many other kinds of fall oh, festivals. Yeah. Some of them. <laughs> so this is something I will just say for the listeners. This is something we changed this year in ours. Mm. So previously, uh, we were always the Sunday. Before, I'm glad Halloween. you're mentioning this. I was going to ask you a question about this. Anyway. Okay, so, so we were go, always go, go. the Sunday before Halloween, and that was kind of the schedule that we kept, and that was it for uh, years, years and years. years. And uh, it kept it really close to Halloween. Kids dressed up, and and they will probably dress up again. But it it had a Halloweenish feel to it because of that, because of the dress up and those kind of things. But one of the things we learned through some of our church members in in this community is that. Uh, we have a large Hispanic um, population in this community. And for many of them, uh, the concept of Halloween is still very evil, connected to evil things. And so even though we were kind of seeing it as a, like a replacement, some of them were saying that any kind of connection to it, replacement or not, is is not healthy. And so it felt like, man, you guys are we're a little too close to yeah. that. So we moved it back another week and a half. So it's October 22nd this time. And that is what I hope will be is an effort of us saying, hey, there's other calendar reasons too, but this was our primary reason was, hey, we really feel like this is helping show, hey, yes, it truly is a fall festival. It is It is not a Halloween festival. It's not a Halloween replacement. It is a fall festival. So that for some in our community, let's remove that stumbling block. If that, if that is a challenge for them, and for most everybody else, they don't care if it's October 1st or October 31st. True. So put it on the 22nd and meet see the the need of the community or the what it's reflecting to the community and make that adjustment. Yeah. Uh, that that's something I I would hope all of the churches would say, okay, like is this even what is good for our community? Mm-hmm. Well, and to ask that question first, good question to ask, mm-hmm. but to be able to answer that question, you have to know who's in your community. You got to have relationships. There. And so right. there there's several ways that you can do that. There are demographic studies that you can purchase. Sure. There are yeah, things yeah, that yeah. can tell you more about your area. In I would fact, if you, you are a most. Mississippi Baptist, you oh, can yeah, get that right. demographic study for free. Yeah. You can contact the Southern I mean the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board in downtown Jackson and they will happily give you your demographic study for your five-mile radius. And it's very thorough. Yeah. Uh, We have used those before. Those are very good. There are other ways that you can also go door-to-door. You Mm can uh, host events like this where where you see people. uh, You can also look at your schools. Look at the schools that are in the area, and you'll know who lives in your area. Um, Check out the neighborhoods, the apartment complexes, the places around there. See who lives around your church. Because for us, that's what we realized is our constituency, the people that are right here around us that we are most likely to be able to minister to in an Mm -hmm. event like this, we realized we needed to make a little bit of a shift if we were really going to make it relevant to them where they are more likely. Hopefully that is an example of us paying attention to our community and making a a necessary shift. um, It's like we put things on the postcard in Spanish. Yes. Uh, Even just like the date, you know, they, they, many of them can read it in English. That's right. But it is like it yeah. is like a, oh, they thought of us, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 
that it says octubre instead of October. That was really good. Thank you. Um, Not that I speak Spanish, but that was, it sounded great. Well, Well, there you go. We need to learn. And and those those are the things you can learn, right? You can learn small little things here Mm -hmm. and there that can be, say, oh, they thought about me. They thought about us. Um, and we're talking about the Hispanic culture there. There's a variety of others. That, yes, lots yeah, of other cultures yeah, yeah, that yeah. we need to consider who is around us. And I do believe that God has given us a mission field in the people around us. I'm not a huge fan of the homogeneous unit principle, of the idea of you you always go after people yep. who are just like yourself, and, and that's how you attract and the gospel moves more quickly. I tend to believe that the the Acts model of, of the church, which yeah. you see especially in Antioch and places where there is a multiplicity of ethnicities and races, people that are coming in, and you see the gospel going yep. forward because that people see the gospel reaching across these cultural That's and right. ethnic boundaries. And so I, I would encourage churches to look out there beyond people who look just like you mm-hmm. uh, and see how can we minister within other communities because I do think that's when the rest of the community looks and takes notice and they say, okay, there's there's more to this right. than them just trying to have a party for themselves yep, yep, or, yep. or do that kind of that's thing. That's good. Um, so a couple of principles as, okay. as we go. I want us to talk about this uh, as we wrap up, I should say. Yeah. Thinking about principles, overall principles for reaching your community. Okay. And, and so a couple of those, uh, add some here, but a couple of those are, are things like you've got to know who's there. Mm-hmm. Number one, you've got to mm-hmm. do a little bit of a research to find out who is in your community. Right. And then secondly, you need to study how to reach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can either do that by reading books or articles or things, or even better yet, Talk Ask to them. them. <laughs> Talk to these people. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Find out, like, how does that work? And honestly, that's how we discovered this about the Hispanic yep. community in our area is because we began to hear mm-hmm. this from those who are in our congregation. Um, another principle we've mentioned is to keep the gospel central. Yep. It may not be the exact purpose of this event to share the gospel, mm-hmm. but it should be on our trajectory. That's right. Right? That's it's right. a part of the process Absolutely. Uh, to how we do that. Um Maybe don't compromise the gospel with your events or with whatever kind of outreach you're doing with said, maybe, I don't know, some weird of the idea like having a haunted house or something. Maybe you want (laughs) to, maybe you want to back off of that one because of the compromise that it could be. So I don't know if this is one of the principles you're about to mention, but I would say be in your community. Yeah, that's a great one. So like eat at the restaurants in your community. Yeah. Uh, get a haircut in your community. Uh, go to the grocery store in your community. It's like those are the things. Go to the grocery store. Go to the go to the Walmart. Go to you know do the things. Mm-hmm. Go to play sports in that community. Go to the gym in that community as as much as possible. And that's hard for a church like us. Now, not every yeah. church is like yeah. us, but we're sitting in a metro area, and honestly, people drive thirty minutes to get here. Yes, which yeah. is very interesting. So, in our dynamic, that includes our own vicinity as well as mm-hmm. the vicinity of the church. So we've That's got to right. consider all of those, That's like right. where I live during the week versus where I go to church and how we do that. And in a metro area like this, it does make that a mm-hmm. very different challenge. If you are in a position where your church is in a community and that's where all of your people are within that community. I, I certainly wouldn't say this is easy for you, but it could be easier in yeah. getting involved in your community knowing more. But I would say... This this might sound, um, but I would say, even if you even if you're like a church like ours that people drive thirty minutes or whatever, I think there's something to be said 
for knowing about the direct like circumference uh, mileage wise around your com- direct community of the church so that it, there is an easier invite so to speak uh, of right like um, I mean it, it's hard to without giving very specifics but in Gluckstadt Gluckstadt a bunch of our people will come from there. They're 30 minutes away, but a bunch of our people from there. But to my point earlier, if Colonial Heights was removed from Ridgeland, mm-hmm. Glugstad is not sad. Right. Right. Ridgeland is sad. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we, even the Glugstad folks, the Madison folks, myself, mm-hmm. the Brandon folks, the whomever, need to think about right. Ridgeland, maybe even primarily when it comes to the reach of the church. Yeah. It, your personal reach might need to be considering right where you are. But I do think the reach of the church, uh, you do have to consider what's closest to here uh, in the needs that, like, I also think Colonial Heights is not burdened the same way with the needs of Gluckstadt. That's right. Grace Crossing mm-hmm. in Gluckstadt right. is burdened with Gluckstadt. Yeah. And, and I think that's healthy and good, and I'm mm-hmm. thankful for and churches like Grace Crossing. we come alongside them Absolutely. and help. We are all in this together. Yeah. That is so, good. That's the, good. Um, uh, two last things uh, okay. that you mentioned. One was uh, caring for the needs of people that we need to look for. Okay, if we discover these needs, then we need to figure out what can we do? How has God gifted us? Uh, how has He equipped us so that we can turn and meet the needs of people? Because not every... Uh, I had to learn this the hard way. Not every need is one that we can meet. And so mm-hmm. being able to discern which are the ones that we can meet and which are the ones that maybe we need to bring somebody else in to meet, those kind of things. Um, and I, I'm glad you brought up another church because one of my other principles was the idea of being kingdom-minded, uh, that we do these events not to be in competition with other churches, to have a better fall festival than the church right, down right, the corner right. or to have more people or anything such as that. Uh, if we are truly kingdom-minded, we're all on the same team. Our goal in all of these things is to bring people to churches, to get them involved, to help them to hear the gospel, to prime the pump, make it possible for them uh, to hear and receive, respond to the good news of the gospel. So being more kingdom-minded, yeah. I think, could be very helpful. Absolutely. Any other principles you thought of? I'm sorry, I just put you on the spot. No, I don't that, think there's I? any. No, I, I mentioned a different one. I mean, a yeah, different one in that. Which you did I don't right. think that there are uh, more. I'm sure there are more than oh, that, yeah. but I think that's fine. Okay. Well, very good. We appreciate you being here today. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, give us a rating and review, share on social media with us. We would be uh, very glad to have you do that. Also, we'll be back on November the 1st, so be sure to tune in. If you have any questions about the Timothy Project, what we shared today, or have any suggestions for future episodes, don't hesitate to email us at the at staff at the Timothy org. Yeah, no, I got tongue tied on that one. Uh, and you can check out our website at the Timothy Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next time. 